Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let Mom's Green Thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give Mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory-smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave. Welcome into another edition of College Golf Talk. Burko and Brentley with you on this Wednesday morning, and it's good to reconvene with you, Brentley. We're going to have a special guest joining us moments from now, but hopefully everyone's healthy at home base. We're both home, and we can do this like we normally do. Yeah, after about uh, 17 days, it seems like everyone is is feeling better, Burko. So there's been a lot of tournaments that have happened since we've been together. We're not going to talk about them all. Um, but we're going to talk about the big ones, and I'm excited to be back. I mean, this is uh, part of our weekly routines, and when you don't do it for a couple couple weeks together, uh, I feel like I, I don't even know you anymore. Whoa. That's bold. <laughs> That's strong. I mean, hopefully we, can, hopefully we can reconnect here sooner rather than later. There was one tournament that was supposed to happen that didn't. And the run for perfection also comes to an end. We'll get to that. But let's uh, welcome in our special guest, Ricky Castillo, University of Florida senior. Great start to the spring season. Your final semester, uh, tie for first, got things done at home, really cruising uh, and clicking on all cylinders. How would you describe the start to 2023 for you, uh, Ricky? And of course, as always, thanks for taking some time. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure. Uh, you know, just start off playing pretty well. Worked uh, worked pretty hard in the off season. Spent a lot of time on the golf course, and you know things just kind of clicked and uh, started off pretty well at the Sea Best, and ended up losing. But you know, obviously lost to someone that I would rather lose to more than anybody. If there's anyone I rather I would lose to, it's it's definitely one of my teammates, uh, a guy like Fred. And uh, you know, played well at my home tournament. Ended up getting it done there but you know really excited for the team we got two uh team wins to start the spring season i think we're all excited for what's to come uh how hard we've worked and i think we're all excited for, uh how, how how much we've gotten done how you know successful we can be uh in the uh, college golf aspect as you wrap up your college career, how would you assess the ups, the downs, the peaks, the valleys, everything that you've uh, dealt with in three and a half seasons? Uh, it's, it's been difficult to, you know, starting off my freshman year, uh, came out right out of the gates, you know, freshman of the year, did really well and, you know, struggled kind of the past 
two years or so, not really doing what I know I'm capable of and uh, didn't really play my best, kind of had really high expectations and was kind of frustrated. But, you know, I think just wanted to really focus on my process and uh, everything and, you know, try not to worry about the results and just focus on the control, uh, which can be difficult at times as a golfer, uh, you know, and, you know, it's, it's been difficult, but it's, uh, it's been good. You know, I've had a really, a couple of really great coaches that have been really helpful uh, for me on and off the golf course. And, you know, I've had a really great team and we all really support each other and all want us to be successful individually and as a team, which has, you know, been really, really key to, to get me through the difficult times. Ricky, can you take us back to maybe the low point for you and maybe try to diagnose for us kind of what was actually going wrong and, and how you've worked to, to specifically fix, uh, you know, certain aspects of your game or your mental game? Yeah, yeah. I've had some uh, difficult events, especially in the fall. Uh, haven't really played well in the fall in the past couple of years and uh, just – you know, it's been a couple of points where, you know, I've shot in some really poor rounds and, you know, my swing would get out of, uh, kind of get out of whack. And, you know, I hit some really poor shots and really just put myself out of position on the golf course. And, you know, it's gotten really frustrating at times, you know, and uh, I've let the, my emotions get the best of me uh, a lot of times. And, you know, it can be difficult when you're, uh, you know what you're capable of and what you've done in the past. And, you know, sometimes the results just don't pan out to what you want them to be. But, you know, I think the biggest thing is just really just trying to move forward and take positives from everything. I think I've tried to do that the best of my abilities and, you know, just try to give myself the best chance to be successful and focus on more on the process and things that I can control instead of worrying about uh, things like I can't control, like the results. Now, you didn't change much, if that, if anything at all, in terms of like equipment, coaching, and things like that, right? No, no, I've uh, I've stuck with Titleist, uh, pretty much everything, and uh, stayed stayed with the same swing coach. I just I felt that you know that didn't feel like that was the problem. I felt like you know when you have a foundation that you've built and stuff, uh, sometimes. I just felt like changing wasn't always the best best case scenario. I think it's better to, you know, keep building on the that foundation and focus on, you know, what we can get better instead of just when things go bad, just automatically start changing things. I felt that, you know, Tylus has been really, really helpful and, you know, good to me for so many years that, you know, I didn't feel that it was the equipment or, you know, my swing coach, I didn't feel like it was him or anything like that. It was just kind of just, you know, sometimes you just don't play your best and you get in some bad situations and you kind of just need to work, work really hard to get out of it. And, you know, that's, that's what I've been doing for the past couple of years. What impact do you think that had on your team to see a player of your ability coming off that great freshman year struggle to say, wow, if, if that can happen to Ricky, maybe that can happen to me. Was there any moment where you looked around and you sort of had to maybe kick them in the butt and say, 
don't worry about me. I'll figure it out. You just worry about your own game. Yeah, I mean, there's been times where, you know, that, you know, they they worry about me because I, I can get very frustrated at times. And, you know, but I think that's what's been really helpful is, you know, having a bunch of guys that, you know, really care about you and want you to be successful and, you know, are there for you when, you know, things aren't going going well and you know it can be it can be difficult because you know it's it's tough it's a team it's a, you know golf is an individual sport but in college it's a team aspect so a lot of guys you know want want everyone to do well and want you know to be successful individually but uh it's it's been really good you know having uh, a lot of guys who really do want all of us to be successful and you know we have two really great coaches who are always there for us and it's just really been key for my growth as a person and a golfer as you wind down things in Gainesville eventually we'll transition to the next level what kind of impact has PGA Tour you had on you personally looking at the rankings seeing Fred inside the top five and knowing what uh, that might do for you if you continue to play well in the spring uh, yeah, I think PJ Tour U has been uh, really great, you know, given the chance for, you know, a lot of great college players to get to the next level and you know, use their college success to uh, give them a chance to, you know, play on uh, all the tours like Canadian Tour or uh, PJ Tour or Corn Ferry Tour. And, you know, I think it's been really helpful, you know, and, you know, when you see a guy like Fred who's done what he's done over the past year and a half, I mean, uh, he's been one of the best college golfers, best amateur golfers in the world. And, you know, him seeing him up there it gives a little motivation for me and guys like Yushin who, you know, know that we can be there, know if we continue to play well, we'll be in the same position as him uh, being top three on PJ Tour U. So I think it's, it's good to... Uh, it gives us a little bit of healthy competition where we all want to be successful and we all want to be each other, but we all want each other to be play well, uh, you know, and be successful individually and as a team. Now, speaking of PGA Tour U, Ricky, uh, I know when you were a junior golfer and even the last few years as an amateur and college player, your dad's really into the numbers and, and rankings, whether it's Wagger or the junior rankings. It, is he pretty knowledgeable about how PGA Tour U works at, at uh, this point? Yeah, yeah, he is. He's a, well, a lot more knowledgeable than, than me, to be honest. <laughs> I, I don't know much about the points or anything like that. You know, I've just kind of just been focused on just playing golf and not worrying about the rankings, you know, and stuff and just focusing on the things that I can control and, you know, working on my process and my preparation. That's, that's really all I can control. I can't control, you know, the rankings or what anyone else does or anything. So, you know, I've let my dad kind of, you know, he, he focuses on that and, you know, just lets me kind of play golf and do what I need to do. Now, for those who don't know, Ricky's dad is a high school teacher, and you also have a brother, Derek, who's a little bit older than you, uh, played at UNLV for a little bit, then went to, was it Cal State Fullerton? Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Just talk about kind of growing up 
in California and, and maybe what your, your roots were like in the game, you know, playing with your brother and, and learning the game on, you know, maybe not the most exclusive course like some of these guys have, have played growing up. Yeah, yeah. Um, both my parents are teachers, so uh, we haven't uh, really been members anywhere my entire life. But, I mean, I think what's what really drove me into golf was having an older brother and, you know, being the little brother. You know, I wanted to beat my older brother more than anything, and him being the older brother, he doesn't want to let his little brother beat him. So uh, it, was, it was always healthy competition, and... You know, I think that was something just real to, you know, want to play uh, the next level of golf is, you know, just wanting to be competitive. And, you know, we didn't always play the nicest golf course, but it wasn't, for me, it wasn't really about that. It was more about just uh, playing, you know, just playing golf. I, at a very young age, I was just really infatuated with playing golf and loved being out on the golf course and, you know, just playing just for fun and you know that's just kind of what's driven me you know to to this point what's maybe one early memory you have of of playing golf and you know whether it's with your brother or your dad or practicing with the, the high school team when you were even younger than them what's what's kind of one memory that that still sticks out to this day uh probably one memory that still sticks out is uh the first time i beat my brother uh, me and my brother, every time my dad had a box of chocolate bars on top of his uh, nightstand and we'd play for a, bar, uh, a chocolate bar every time we went and played. And usually my brother beat me just because I was younger. I didn't hit the ball as far and stuff. And I remember the first time I beat him, it was just the greatest feeling ever. Just he was my brother was really, really upset that I beat him. But, you know, first time I beat him, of was course he was one of the one of the. But yeah, one of the best memories I ever had just because, you know, you know, being your older brother and, you know, you can talk trash and, you know, give him a little bit of uh, motivation for him to get better, too. And I think that's what uh, made us who we are and made me who I am, just being so competitive. It's just, you know, always having someone there that wanted to beat you and I was always there wanting to beat him. Now, who's who's the better dressed Castillo brother, or who has the best style? Because you got the shades on quite a bit when you're playing. You got the, <laughs> the the puka shell necklace. There was a while there where you were going double necklace. Um, who who's got the best style? You think? Uh, I I would like to say me, but I know my brother definitely thinks it's him. Uh, so uh, it's. Can go either way. Uh, he's uh, he's a uh, sponsored by Loudmouth, so he's got a lot of crazy clothes and uh, really thinks that he owns his own style. But I think both of our styles uh, is different, and you know I think that's kind of what makes us both uh, so much different, but still unique at the same time. Well, you just continue to lean on JC and the more traditional golf attire you know some people can pull loud mouth off some can't so uh to each yeah. their own yeah <laughs> you know i'm not here to judge uh the puka shells where wh when did it start where did it come from being a california kid uh so the puka shells uh i both my grandparents uh lived on hawaii 
uh, my grandpa actually uh, immigrated from the Philippines to Hawaii during World War II. And uh, my grandma got me a puka shell necklace when I was a young kid. And she was really important in my life. She went to a bunch of my tournaments. Uh, she started paying for my tournaments when my parents couldn't afford it. Uh, and uh, she passed away when I was in, I think, the summer of my seventh grade year. So I've just pretty much just kept it on just as a memory of her and just to honor her. And, you know, it, she was such an important person in my life. She picked me up from school pretty much every day and took me to the golf course. She was always there at tournaments when I was a young kid and always supported me and my brother and my sister and all our sports. So, uh, you know, it was having her there was really, really special. So I always felt that, you know, just wearing this necklace just made me feel like I always had a piece of her. Uh, it's a wonderful way to remember her and what she did. And that also validates every time we say Ricky Castillo, not Castillo, as we get the social media world in an uproar at the Walker <laughs> Cup or the U.S. Amateur saying, you don't know what you're saying. I said, no, we actually do because we talked to Ricky and he gave us the backstory. So that's a little Twitter knows, for me. Twitter knows best, Burko. I mean, yeah, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm that close to getting off of it. It's become such a <laughs> bad place. Last question before we let you go, Ricky, what is it going to take for you and the Gators to win the program's fifth national championship come May? Uh, you know, we just got to keep doing what we're doing. Uh, there's, I mean, there's so many great teams out there that, you know, want to win just as much as us. Uh, so, I mean, just, we just got to be really, really good at the, the little things, you know, little things like showing up on time, uh, going to the course early and, you know, making sure schoolwork is done. It's just those little things that are really going to make the difference. Uh, and, you know, I think that, we work just as hard as, as any other team, if not, you know, harder than any other team. So I think we're, we're, we got a really good chance to, you know, do something special for the University of Florida this year. And, you know, I think we're all really excited and we're all willing to, you know, do whatever it takes to, to get that SEC championship and get that national championship. Well, as a Gator, I'm excited to watch the next three or four months. Uh, always a pleasure to catch up, my friend. Thanks for taking some time this morning. Great start to your final semester. Keep it rolling, and uh, we'll catch up again soon. Yeah, thanks for having me. Ricky Castillo, University of Florida senior. Good to catch up. Good get, Brentley. You've been uh, on point with uh, all your guests, and we'll jump in a little more Gator talk uh, in just a moment, but a bit of housekeeping is college golf talk always brought to you by Velocity Global is a seamlessly connect employers and talent, anyone, anywhere, anytime, anyhow, as its global work platform built on cloud-based technology, compliance expertise on a match scale in 185 countries in all 50 United States, the world of work. It is forever changed. Talent can live anywhere, work for anyone and get the job done in more than a thousand businesses Engage top talent in another state or another country without the need to set up a foreign entity or registration. And they rely on Velocity Global to make it simple and compliant. Velocity Global, accelerating the future of work. If you want to learn more, visit velocityglobal.com 
slash golf. Always good to catch up with Ricky. We could have gone on forever. The success he's had in the summers, uh, the Western, the U.S. Amateur making to match play the last eight events, championships he's played in those two particular events. And um, I'll be honest, if Florida is going to make a run, Ricky needs to play like he did these first two weeks. Yeah, and I think it just comes down when you talk about the Western and the U.S. Amateur. Those are played on really hard golf courses. And that's what Ricky has always seemed to do well, is play his best golf when it matters most. However, we've seen in the last few years, just maybe the inability um, or maybe the unluckiness of not being able to finish off poor rounds. and maybe not being able to get a 73 or a 74 out of his C stuff. And instead he's putting a 78, 79, 80 up there. And I, I think that's something that he's worked on the last couple of years. And um, I mean, it's his last semester of, of college golf. I mean, this is the last chance for Florida. I think uh, with this current group to, to really get the job done and Ricky, obviously a big part of it. And if he keeps playing like he did the first two events, um, I, I think the, the prospects are good for, for both him and JC Deacon's team, but, uh, I, I'm going to need to see it maybe one more event. Uh, he always tends to play well, um, up there at the sea best. He always tends to play well at Bostick. Bostick's kind of a, a course that it's, it's really short, but it's, it's, it's tough. I mean, it's not, um, it's not a pushover and he knows that course better than just about anybody. So I'm going to need to see it a little bit more. Um, but I can tell you this. I mean, when when Ricky Castillo is is playing great golf, uh, it's it's fun to watch. It is Florida and their B team went one two at home, and you would expect that. You need to hold serve at home. They took care of business there, and you know I think they're a notch below UNC and Vandy to me, and I believe you. Those are the standards. But yeah. when you can throw Ricky, Fred Biondi, Yushin Lin. That is a very, very strong one, two, three punch. And they've got depth, though, four, five, six, very interchangeable. But um, I, it, it starts with Ricky. If Ricky can go out, continue to play well, um, watch out for the Gators uh, come the postseason. Going to be fun to watch it. We also had our eyes on watching the event out in Hawaii. Great field, <laughs> sort of that big start in early February and they watched the wind blow and continue to blow. And it got to the point where I think as you tweeted, it was a really expensive vacation as they canceled the tournament. Yeah. Well, it's about 14, 15 K to, I asked a couple coaches, that's kind of the ballpark number to, to send a team out there. And of course, some, some teams, I mean, it's six count five. And I think some, some teams may have brought even like an individual, but I'm not sure about that. But, um, there was golf play at Burko uh, over there. It just uh, it it didn't count, and I think that was kind of the controversial part of it. I don't think anyone, and talking to uh, a few coaches and and players and stuff, I don't think anyone disagreed that they probably shouldn't have played golf or like canceling the tournament wasn't the right call because I think it was when you look at the forecast. However, they got in almost nine holes of a shotgun start that first day. And North Carolina was six under par. And you had some other teams like ASU, Pepperdine. They were nine over, six over. And I think there was a kind of a uh, a disagreement on whether they should scrap that golf and start over the next day or just 
you know, suspend it and pick up where they left off. And they ultimately ended up just scrapping golf, which I would kind of want to hear your thought on this. I mean, kind of the reasoning behind it. And let's keep in mind that the golf course is running this tournament. So it's not like there's a host school really that is making decisions. And if there was a host school, it would be Hawaii Hilo, which, you know, was one of the not going to win that tournament anyways. And the reasoning was North Carolina and some, and Texas and some teams that started on certain holes uh, didn't play kind of the tougher holes or the holes that were more affected by the win. I think there was a par five that had a, a hole location that it was just impossible. Um, but you could argue that, I mean, they all were out there at the same time. I mean, golf is supposed to be different. No two holes are, are the same. Uh, I'm interested to hear, I mean, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, should we cancel almost nine holes of golf? Because if they didn't, they could have potentially gotten 36. I mean, they could have done something. Um, I, I think maybe they could have potentially gotten 36. Now, the weather forecast it ended up being a moot point. But anyways, I'm I'm rambling, but I, I just want to kind of yeah. want to get your thoughts on that. Yeah, you know, not being there, obviously, we defer to everyone on site. Uh, the conditions weren't great. I, for You know, to me, I, I always defer to, like, what the PGA Tour does. And you don't see things get scrapped very often, but you – and I think you just hit on the point. It's a shotgun start. Someone might yeah. have got the easier stretch. And let's just say the weather forecast was looking better. And then, oh, by the way, you got the difficult stretch in playable conditions. Um, I'm okay with it. Gut reaction, yeah. gut feeling that if they were all going off of one or 10, well, then maybe you could make the argument of that's what it was. But let's say you're starting on five and you get to 12, and that just happens to be the inland seven-hole stretch, or you know, maybe not right on the water. That is an advantage. That is an advantage to say, well, you played that. And we're going to pick it up. And wow, the wind is gone and you have no issues on the difficult holes. Now, I'm sure Andrew DiBetetto, the head coach in North Carolina and others said, well, we did what we could do. Um, but to your point, it got canceled. They had a couple of match play, uh, 18 holers, if you will, Texas Tech beating North Carolina, Texas beating Georgia Tech. So at least they got some action there. Uh, you never want to see a tournament X'd off the calendar. but. Uh, big picture you get into rankings what if you only got 18 holes what counts there are smarter people uh than <laughs> than, than than us that figure that out so um i don't think they i don't think anyone would have agreed for just 18 holes with that field yeah. considering the the 500 rule i think that was uh but did you see that ludwig aberg match i think he played david ford did, in that what'd you say like seven birdies and 11 holes or something I'm not sure how many birdies he made, but he won seven and six. What and he, didn't lose, yeah. he didn't lose a, a, a single hole. And David Ford, I mean, we saw him in the fall. I mean, one of the best players in the country. Um, just just won the uh, the Jones Cup Jones as well. Cup. So Ludwig, the stock the stock is high. Unfortunately, he's not going to get that many PGA Tour U points, if any at all, for that for that match play. Because yeah. I don't think Wagger does match play. But um, anyways, just yeah, pretty and you, impressive. You threw yeah, absolutely. And you threw out, are the Raiders as good as UNC? No. And it's no disrespect. I mean, I truly put the Tar Heels and the Commodores in a different level because mm -hmm. to me, there are very few question marks for those two teams where others, you could maybe go to four or five with Texas Tech and say, okay, 
I like it, but maybe I don't love it. And that's not being disrespectful. That's just analyzing the roster, the situation. But we talk about question marks, and now maybe, as you found out, the Tar Heels could have a very big question mark moving forward. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you on on Texas Tech, even though you have a guy like Jack Wall who's playing in the Genesis this week, won that Gen- Genesis Collegiate. Not a not a great field for that, but um, I, I think Greg Sand squad is is solid. But North Carolina, I mean, we could be talking about Vandy now pulling ahead just for the the moment because I had a chance to catch up with with Austin Greaser, the the standout senior for the Tar Heels. He didn't. He wasn't going to play in that Hawaii event, anyways. Um, it was only his third missed tournament, and I guess he still only missed two because they didn't end up playing. But he's out with a, a hand injury, left hand injury. Had a minor procedure a couple of weeks ago. Now supposed to be out a few weeks. Um, he's pretty confident. Um, he said he could play. He could play now. He just there's no sense in it being mid February to really push it and try to rush back. And so I think he's going to take his time. Um, he's a smart kid and he's going to be ready for, you know, when it matters and he's going to be ready for the stretch run. And I think when you spend time around him, yeah, he has a lot of individual accomplishments and goals that he's hoping to achieve as it relates to PGA tour U and securing his professional status for when he makes the jump. But he also really cares about the, you know, the team aspect and uh, an NCAA title. I mean, I, I don't think this is would be a surprise to anyone to hear, but I mean, that's that's number one on the goal. So whatever he needs to do, if he needs to sit out until the conference championship, I mean, I think I think he'll he'll make the, the smart decision. And I think he's got some good people in his circle. And uh, hopefully we'll we'll see him back uh, 100 percent and, and we'll get that North Carolina Vanderbilt full strength battle that that we're all hoping for yeah the Tar Heels will need him to be healthy to have an impact obviously very good but he's sort of that undeniable leader uh, in my estimation of let's go he'll run through a brick wall and he'll bring the other guys along with him uh seems like pasta tiempo was a couple of months ago it was really just a couple of weeks ago how about the Texas Longhorns winning the Southwestern and uh invitational young we talk about question marks. Well, for the bulk of that tournament, the top three kids on the leaderboard were all Texas freshmen. Um, pretty good. Pretty good. Throw them in the, you know, the cauldron. See what you learn. And it's as John Field shared with me in the fall and again a couple of weeks ago in California. They're not freshmen anymore. You look at the courses they played in the fall, Seminole, Olympia Fields, Colonial, East Lake. You, you take your lumps early, and for a long time they showed it. Uh, I think what impressed me the most, they played that well. They won with Travis Vick just struggling, searching for something. Found a little glimmer for about 10, 12 holes on that final day. So uh, I think that bodes well. Chances to repeat a big mountain to climb. If you're telling me they're going up against Van Deer, North Carolina, not probably happening, uh, but if you're head coach Sean Field, you got to say, okay, this is why I recruited these kids. They're now starting to figure it out, own their you know game in tough situations. The wind was blowing out there for a good portion of the week. Um, uh, a quicker rebuild, at least from that one tournament, than I would have thought. Yeah, it, it went from seeming like Mount Everest in the fall to now. I mean, we're just talking about 
I don't know. I don't know any more mountains. I, I don't know. I don't know if you're a mountain expert like you are a interstate highway expert. But anyway, not uh, as big of a mountain to climb. But uh, I thought it was interesting because that week I was obviously not there. Um, but I was talking to Arizona State head coach Matt Thurman because he has a couple freshmen in his lineup, and he said that he he honestly believes that college players between that first and second semester of their freshman year grow more than any other time at any other point in their college career. So when you look at what the Texas freshman did, I mean, I would believe it because I mean, you could be the best junior in the world, the top recruit in the country. It's very rare that you come out and do what maybe a Caleb Surratt or Ben James do and come out firing. And even if you do, you always kind of hit some sort of bump along the way in the fall and you're just trying to get used to things and it's not just not so much golf but it's like living in a new place and you know going to college classes and having to balance kind of a different lifestyle and being around a team and having to adjust your schedules to your teammates schedules and your coaches schedules too so i I, i'm pretty bullish now on on texas I, i don't think they're as good as the Texas Techs and Vandy's and North Carolina's and those teams like that. But um, it's going to be interesting. And I think it's maybe a good thing that they won with Travis Vick not playing well, because you you, you got to think to yourself, like, I mean, Travis is not going to play like that for the entire spring, you know, like you said. So if, if he comes back and if Jacob Sosa continues to play like he did, I think Keaton Vaux has been pretty solid, um, you know, so far, right? he'll be in the lineup. But if you can get Travis Vick back, and I've heard that he's figured some things out in the last couple of weeks. So, uh, you know, maybe his game will be be trending up again. And and we talk a lot about uh, Tommy Morrison, the new freshman, and Brian Stark, the transfer. Keep an eye on Mason Nome as well. I mean, I think he, we've kind of ignored him the last few months. But, I mean, he was on the national championship team. He had four top tens last spring in big tournaments. If he could get back into the lineup, um and start to figure things out i i think that's that's going to set texas up i think that's the optimum lineup for them is to have travis vick and mason gnome and brian stark at the top and then it's you know two of the three freshmen like who's who's going to slide in that way bandy kicks things off they win the hate sergeant laps the field you throw out gordon sergeant the best college player since I'm going to put TBD because we know what he did last year. He won the NCAA individual championship. What, and there's a lot to be impressed with his stroke average, just over 67. If that number stays in that neighborhood under 68, you might start talking about he is the best on pure numbers, but let's see if he wins another three or four, or does he win? You know, if he wins the NCAAs again, now then you're talking Mickelson and Crenshaw. You're talking about guys that have won multiple individual championships uh, in the year's biggest event. He's so good. He's so talented. Um, again, TB day. A lot can happen in the spring, but with what he's done so far as a sophomore, mm-hmm. you know, now he's he's putting himself in the conversation of one of the best. Period. Yeah, I, I I would say I test wise probably the best since Rom. Like just in terms of what you hear from the people who know what they're talking about, like the scouts and the equipment reps and things like that. Uh, he's the best since Rom. And I mean, it's there's really I mean there's a few other guys that have been impressive, but um, 
I mean, it's going to be interesting because he said he's coming back for one more year um, to see what he can do in three years. That'll be kind of like what Patrick Rogers had. Patrick Rogers had three years at Stanford, won 11 times. But, I mean, Gordon Sargent, I know that people professionally are just salivating in terms of what he could not only accomplish in college, but what he could potentially do on the, you know, on the PGA Tour. Yeah, he's he's tour ready uh, from a physical standpoint. So uh, hopefully, selfishly, we'll keep him in college golf a little bit longer. Uh, Wake Forest, nice little win at uh, Briars Creek. Mark surprise, a bit of a surprise victory. Mark Power, that is Mark Power surprise <laughs> uh, victory. Yeah, get thrown off there. So you know, Vandy got some much. Uh, Vandy, get it together, Burko. Wake got some much needed victories as you start looking at teams on that 500 bubble uh, in the middle of February. Yeah, th this was a big tournament for Wake Forest. And even going into the spring, kind of looking at their schedule, this was the event that they needed to win. And, you know, the easiest field that they're going to see all spring, there's still 10 wins below 500. We saw them at North Ranch a couple of weeks ago. They finished toward the bottom of the leaderboard, even though Michael Brennan won the individual title. I think this is big for their confidence because Michael Brennan is starting to turn things around. You have Mark Power, who's been, I mean, he's been kind of a guy who's been shooting in the high 70s and even throwing in, you know, a score in the 80s in there every now and then. So if they can just get a little bit of confidence from this, it's going to be tough. I mean, 10 wins is, it's kind of easy to make up, but not when you play a, a schedule like Wake. So, you know, that's, they're probably them in, in Arkansas. Um, are probably the the two teams. Arkansas seven wins right now below 500 um, as of last night. So those are kind of the two that you look at in terms of the perennially, you know, good elite teams um, that are always around the top 25 or so. Those are the two that have the biggest alarm sounding right now. And you know, Texas was slightly below. Um, now they're eight above. I think they're going to be all right, but. I mean, still a lot can happen. I mean, they're playing a tough schedule too. So uh, those are th those are the three teams I think that um, when you go on golf stat and you click on the tab where you can look at the 500 uh, you know rule sheet that golf stat does, um, you know, those will be the three to kind of keep an eye on. Some quick nuggets before we wrap up on the men. Uh, Oklahoma goes down to Puerto Rico, gets the job done. Big final day. Tennessee, a bit of a struggle. They end up tied for seventh. And in the Hal Williams intercollegiate, Mateo Fernandez de Oliveira, former guest just a few weeks ago. He takes care of business there. Illinois. The podcast bump. The podcast bumper. I guess that means Ricky's going to you know, win Southern Highlands in a few weeks. Probably. We can... We can sell that, right? Illinois beats Arkansas by 11. It was also the first uh, Hal Williams event since Williams, the former South Alabama coach, passed away earlier this year. He coached Heath Slocum uh, back in the day. So good start for Illinois. Mateo getting the job done, and we can never, ever discount the Oklahoma Sooners. Somehow, some way, <laughs> they'll, they'll end up in match play. That's just what uh, they do. That was the man. We spent a lot of time on them. Women's side, we sort of tease the fact perfection might happen. Stanford women, well, they didn't win. Oregon overtook them on the final day in Palos Verdes uh, to pick up the win. Stanford finished second. Let's just stop there. I won't even go individually. The Cardinal had the chance, but when you don't have Rachel Heck, you don't have Brooks Day in the lineup. As good as they are, you're talking about two of the top 
25 players in the world amateur golf ranking. That's just simply not in your lineup. Yeah. And, and we don't know why they weren't. in. I, I would assume that they just didn't qualify, but um, I mean, or, you know, maybe they're, I don't want to say they're, they're hurt, but um, we don't know. Um, and, yeah. And by the way, we don't want people to think we don't do our job, but we, uh, we subscribe to the same thinking when a tournament's going on and we're not there, we leave the coaches alone. We're not going to yeah, text exactly. the coach and say, Oh, by the way, what's going on but from the especially after after losing a uh 36 hole lead and finishing second to your arch rival yeah uh so kudos to oregon we will dive deep into it figure out what's going on with rachel and brooke so at least that conversation perfection while that's out the window we knew it was probably going to be an uphill battle good thing i think I think that's a yeah. good thing, Brooke. Get, yeah, get it done. Because it doesn't matter. And and they've said it doesn't matter. So yeah. they want to win one that ends on May 24th to try to go back to back. The positive news, Rose Zhang, a winner yet again. 15 college events in just over a year and a half. She's won eight of them. Uh, you can start engraving the Annika Award. That's how good she is. She won it as a freshman. And she's even having a better sophomore campaign. Yeah, eight wins now, and uh, I, I saw someone tweet three off Tiger's record. I'm not sure exactly if if that compares, but I I, I do know that Rose is the most dominant player, um, you know, since men Lorena. or women. Yeah, men or women since Lorena, probably. I mean, yeah. it's Lorena. Uh, the standard, and you and I were talking about it, at least from what I saw. Personally, you can go back and argue Tiger in 95, 96. But again, Lorena played 10 events as a sophomore at Arizona, won her first seven, second at conferences, wins regional, second at national. She lost to two players. I was doing rough numbers in my head. Let's just say there was an average of 100 in every field. Obviously, yeah. NCAA is more. Maybe she went like 998 and two. I think Golf Week might have those rankings. What, well, what season we're gonna, was, we're gonna, was that again? Oh, 01, 02. We'll get deeper into it because Rose needs to win another one or two in the spring for me to truly start making that comparison. And she might have finished tied for second at conferences. Uh, again, we're going back two plus decades. I believe it was Candy Kung who won the. I got it, Virgo. I think it was Candy Kung who won the Pac 10s. And then Verada Nira Pathpong porn from Duke won the NCAAs. Yep. And so Lorena, right. I, I, I got the full number. She was, this is according to, to golf week. So the overall would be good. The first top 25 top 50 is a little bit different than what golf stat would have had, but she was 933, two and three. Okay. So there were, yeah, there were multiple T there could have been some people tied with her second. And, uh, so my math wasn't that far off. I just said, let's average no. 100. That's ridiculous. And you can say, oh, there's better players now. I mean, Lorena was the nicest person you'll ever meet. And we've talked about it on this pod. Rose is similar in so many ways. Can't dislike her. Very tough to hate her because she's so nice. And by the way, she's going to go out and nine out of 10 times lap you and have a smile on her face the entire way. So it's going to be intriguing. Let's give it a couple more wins. Cause what is she four of five so far in her sophomore campaign, right? Just outside yeah. the top 10 at four seven. Five oh. and, 
the, the, the disastrous T12 at the Stevens yeah. Cup. <laughs> she couldn't play golf anymore, right? The end of and the world. She was done. Hang it up. Was coming. So uh, congrats to Rose there. Wake Forest, Stanford's most likely biggest challenger. They won the U, uh, UCF Challenge. They're going to finish up later today in the Bahamas. They've got a big lead there. So they're not afraid. And we sort of like Vandy and UNC for the men, we put Wake in Stanford in a different class. That doesn't mean Oregon or others can't make a run. Um, I would healthy, assuming everyone's in the lineup, I'll still lean the Stanford, um, but at least Wake continues to take care of what they can control. Yeah, no, I, I do think it's a, a two-team race. And we talked a little bit about San Jose State whether it was on the last pod or on the college preview show on Golf Channel, but uh, didn't play too well. Um, had a bad last day um, at Palos Verde. So I, I think we can maybe put them back in that second tier just for now. Maybe Oregon is just slightly ahead of them. But yeah, the the thing about Wake and, and you just look at, and it's not so much the resume, because you can look at and you know cer- certain teams that may have won two or three tournaments now and others that haven't won at all. But I just, I look at the the talent on the roster and the potential of the players. And when you project to late May and you look at maybe a potential final matchup between Stanford and Wake Forest, and you look at the players that the DB Deacons can throw out there and Rachel Keene, Carolina Shikara, Emilia uh, Miliacho. I mean, they're capable of, of beating Rosang, like in an 18 hole match, they are capable of, of doing that. And uh, to be honest, at, at this point, I mean, if, if Stanford doesn't, you know, throws out a lineup like they did this week for some reason at NCAA championship, then all of a sudden, I whole, think whole different almost, story, whole different yeah, you story. Almost put wake, wake above them. You almost put you wake can, above them at that point. I think Rachel Heck and Brooks say both need to be, in the lineup for the NCAA championship for Stanford to really feel like they're the favorite. So maybe they still are, maybe, you know, just from being the defending champion, they, they deserve to be uh, the favorites, no matter who's in there. And as long as Rose is in there, but Wake Forest is really good. The, the key for them. And we keep harping on this is they just, first they have to beat Greyhawk. They have to figure out Greyhawk first, and then they can think about Stanford. Yep. And, Go back a year ago, Rachel Heck, Brooke Say, health issues, injuries. At this time of the year, 12 months ago, it was a very similar scenario. So maybe Ann Walker is just, okay, February's nice, doesn't matter, big picture. And if you want a bit of a flyer team on the women's side, how about Baylor? What head coach Jay Goble yeah. seemingly is doing every year. They won in Mexico, had a nice week in California as well. He just finds these young women and gets the most out of them, uh, you know, to, to, to play. It, it really, I don't think he gets enough attention. FSU is right there second. And then a bit of a surprise, Virginia Old Miss, 10th and 11th, 35 and 42 back. So similar to maybe what you said with Stanford. February's nice, doesn't ultimately matter. So maybe the Cavaliers and the Rebels say, all right, that's our one-off. Um, you know, let's try to regroup next time out. So as we said, a lot of golf going on. We're sort of in the the heart of kicking things off. You think about it, Brentley, we're three three months and a couple of days. We're heading to Greyhawk. We're not yeah. that far away. 
couple weeks, we're heading to the Darius Rucker. Love it. Long coast. You got the Southern Highlands. You got Cabo on the men's side. That's uh, the the end of February, first week of March, in my opinion, if you throw out the postseason and conference and stuff, that's the best time of the spring. So it's, I mean, the this is the time to really start to to pay attention and uh, and and follow it because there's some there's going to be some loaded fields, some really good golf courses, and it's going to be fun to watch. Yeah, I threw out stacks, local knowledge. When you go to Hilton Head, if you're a breakfast guy, right on the way to the golf course, Stacks Diner is yeah, good pancakes? as is that why it's called? Oh, stacks, everything, or, or is it just well, expensive? They, they, no, God, you can get in and out of there for fifteen bucks. Is this the cash only one? Is this the it's cash only? Ooh, that's a good question. I don't know. You, I feel like I threw some plastic down, but I, I love eggs Benedict. They have these crab eggs Benedict. Oh, oh, I can't get to Hilton Head soon enough. We'll be there in a couple of weeks. Again, <laughs> our thanks to Ricky Castillo from Florida for joining us this week on College Golf Talk. And of course, thanks to you guys for tuning in and catching it. We'll be back again next week to do it all over again. For Brentley, I'm Berko. We'll see you next time. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.